Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. I am Jason, originally from California, but I am now located in beautiful Wuhan, China. And today with me is Bebe. Yes, Bebe from Beijing. How are you doing, Jason? Wonderful. Having a good day? <laughs> I am having a good day. I'm doing one of those New Year resolutions to lose some weight. So You still uh, do those? So, so it begins. Yeah, you got to try to do something. Why not? Does it work for you? Oh, well, ask me in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. But losing weight, uh, controlling weight, that's like a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. like short term, um, even if you achieve great results in the short term, likely to bounce back. It's more about like habit changing mm. than, you know, what you uh, can't eat or cannot eat. You know, I think this is a perfect segue into today's topic, which is about cognitive decline. So apparently new studies show that there is a drop in cognitive decline, especially among women in the United States over 65 years old. Well, yeah, good. scientists uh, say that it's mm. due to uh, maybe educational increases over the last few decades combined with maybe less smoking and less leaded gas. But, you know, you're talking about maintaining weight. And I know for someone who has oh. had, ha always had a weight problem my whole life, being less obese is definitely going to help with cognitive issues because people who are more obese have higher risks of things like stroke and all kinds of other mental, like brain-related problems. So, you know, you asked me about losing weight. I think you're right about habit forming mm. by the way you know it is about habit forming mm. but also sometimes you know like a good mm -hmm. just a good push in the right direction helps me realign my habits in a po more positive way mm. so if i could just lose like 10 pounds right i, I know feel, it's a good I start i feel like oh i'm on my way right. and like i need to keep doing this healthy thing and i'll feel better about myself and they, they can make popular videos like, yeah, yeah, recording their progress when it comes to like you know, losing weight and tr weight training and all that. Keep track of your progress uh, over like a half a year, mm -hmm. a year, and you see the difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kind of way of uh, uh, promoting yourself to yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, but that's a piece of good news, though. You said um, for senior citizens, mm -hmm. there's a finding that there is less serious cognitive problems. That's like what? Mental issues, right? Yeah. Whether or not they are thinking clearly. Memory, Alzheimer's, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, less dementia-related problems. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. And part of the reason you said was education, because like this generation of the senior population, they received more education back then. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you let's go back in time, like 100 years, I guess there were not as many women in the universities. And now they're like, you know, women and men are both going to universities. Like, actually, I think more women are going to universities at this time in the United States. It's like a significant demographic shift. So they're saying that mm. cognitive decline has decreased in women. And so I think the scientists are like, oh, OK, it seems related to the fact that more women are highly educated in the United States than like previ in previous generations. So I think mm. I I'm not a scientist, mm -hmm. but I'm just reading into what they say. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that sounds that's great, you know, because that's a great news. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's a fantastic. I mean, because think about the families, you know, if mm. there's a, if there's one million less families with an older person in their family who has cognitive issues, mm -hmm. that's one million happier families, which is millions of happier people. Exactly. But sometimes it's hard to take care of 
um, you know, people with cognitive issues. Mm. Um, and it's, I don't know if it was as prevalent back then, or maybe people just didn't report it as much. You know, nowadays people hear more about it. Mm, right? mm, people mm. like senior citizens losing their memory. Mm. They're also living longer, right? They're, they live longer. Yeah, but doesn't mean they don't have uh, health issues. I'd like to actually tell you about my grandpa really quickly. Sure, please. So my grandfather, he was a stern person. So he was always like a tough, older person. I remember as a child, but he also, it was not um, Alzheimer's. It was some other cognitive issue, but he developed some serious like uh, cognitive problems in his older age. Mm. And he became way too hard for us to manage. You know, mm. for, well, I, I was a child. It wasn't me managing him. Mm -hmm. But for the family to manage him, he would walk around without his pants on, oh. not realizing he didn't have pants on. Mm -hmm. You know, he would think that it was 30 years earlier. Or he would talk about friends who had already passed away as though he was just talking to them. Mm -hmm. So that made him extremely challenging. We had They had to, you know, so we were talking previously about putting people in a home but he, he they had to put mm. him in a home because he was unmanageably mm. challenging to deal with but you know he was a very capable and talented mm. stern person when he was sharp so if he had just maintained the same abilities that in mentally mm. in his older age he would have been really delightful to have around in, in a lot of ways so how the, old was he when he started developing these symptoms he was in his late 50s when he became um that's early yeah it's very early yeah oh that's unfortunate his wife my grandmother she only recently passed away mm. at 97 years old wow and it was only the last three or four or five years that she started to show signs of like you know mm. you know forgetting things and who am i talking to mm. you know i call grandma and be like hey grandma how's it going you know this is jason and then like five minutes later she's like who is this <laughs> <laughs> but you know that was only in her 90s that happened so it was really i think uh mm. you know kind of sad that she spent the last few years years of his life having to deal with the fact that he could barely remember who she was yeah but you know making it into the late 90s that's a very good record already mm -hmm. and you know the first thing i thought of when it comes to senior citizen and their state of health both physically and mentally mm -hmm. the first thing that popped into my mm -hmm. mind was Guangchangwu, which means public square dance <laughs> that you only get to see in China. Well, I think it's spreading a little bit into other areas in the world where Chinese people mm -hmm, live. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I thought of this because it's um such a special feature of how senior citizens, a lot of them, choose to spend their retired years um, in China. Mm -hmm. You know, they come mm -hmm. in groups. They'll dance with strangers. Do you want to dance with strangers? <laughs> but <laughs> I think that isn't it most dancing dancing with strangers. I don't know. I'm not someone who goes out dancing. I thought that was the whole point of it. <laughs> I don't dance either. <laughs> but so you know, they will gather in uh, whatever open mm -hmm. space they can find, usually in a park or in a square in front of a mall. <laughs> I just read an article. I have to make you feel sad, man. I just read an article about three weeks ago that the government in China is now making uh, new laws about mm. the decibel level and where oh. these ladies are able to dance because apparently some neighbors have been complaining yes. and say, saying, oh, they're so loud and my baby's trying to sleep or whatever. Right. And so now it's like they're going to be designated places for the damas, these ladies mm -hmm. who like to dance. <laughs> big moms right yeah where the, where they're able to dance and what hours they're able to dance because i guess some communities have been yeah there needs to be yeah, some yeah. balance yeah because the music they choose are usually 
you know, not the most. Me sure will the shout ya shout Yeah, things like that. That are really catchy and they stay in your brain like for the whole day. Um, and they they're not really the songs that we want our kids to you know to start their music <laughs> lessons with. But the reason why I brought this up is because I think as annoying as it gets for other people, <laughs> I think it's very good for the health of senior citizens. Mm, mm. And I don't just mean the exercise part. Mm-hmm. I mean the the dance. They're not rigorous at all. They do like the most basic dance moves. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about first of all having something to do, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and then associating with other people, community, and community. Yeah. yeah. I think when it comes to health issues, you know, people talk about what you what they eat or what kind of oil they should use or um, how much sugar mm-hmm, intake mm-hmm. or this and that. But I've always felt like, you know, those are mm-hmm. those are the details. They will make some difference, but they're not like mm. um, decisive. And the most important things are probably things that you can't measure as much. Like, are they involved? Do they have mm. um, a reason to get up in the morning? Right? Do they want to live? Of course, everybody wants mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. live. But are they excited about life? Yeah, but yeah. do they really have a purpose? You know, yeah. um, is there nobody likes to get up early? But some people like you know. When I think about the books that I want to finish reading or some interesting project I'm doing, I want to get up right and and, and do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Or when I think about oh, you know, my child is hungry, I want to cook her a meal. I will struggle out of bed and you know cook her a nice breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all purposes to to stay alive and. Um, to keep you going. Mm-hmm. And and I think community, as you mentioned, is another really, really important factor mm-hmm. um, that you are not lonely. Yeah. And and I think this, it's a huge contrast between um, China and American society. Mm. I mean, in the States, personal space and freedom is mm-hmm. valued mm-hmm. to the highest degree. Yes, it is. Right? Sometimes even we think that talking to family members or maintaining a lot of relationships. I mean, yeah, it gets a little annoying. I agree, right? <laughs> you like your mom or your dad are not usually um, the easiest person to live with. <laughs> um, but there is a purpose why, you know, it's good for us to to be able to take roots mm-hmm. in certain communities, in, in families, and to have social and family networks for one thing. So, you know, one of the things I thought is really interesting about this, about education, is I'm actually really concerned about this. This, You know, I'm middle-aged now, and over the last few years, I've been doing my own private research, you know, my Google research or whatever, about what I need to do to make sure that I don't suffer from cognitive decline. And, you know, I found that Mm. a lot of people that I know, they really think that it's important to do, like, something really big, like puzzles. So, it is. It's important to be like, well, I want to say a couple things about this. So, firstly, doing, like, a thousand piece puzzle i'm sure that's really good for you Mm. but what i found in my research is that's only very limited because say say if you like doing a thousand piece puzzles Mm -hmm. and you've always liked doing a thousand piece puzzle if you keep doing a thousand piece puzzles or five thousand piece or 500 it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. like until you're really old the effect is limited because you're doing the same thing Mm. even though it's challenge like the crossword you do the crosswords right there is an effect that i read about for people who do like the crossword every day but what's better than that 
for helping maintain your mental acuity is a diverse range of things that are not easy for you. So right now, mm, I don't... To make your life difficult. <laughs> so you live longer. <laughs> right, yeah, a little bit. Yes, exactly. Mm. So right now, I can play the guitar badly. So I thought, okay, what I really want to do is take up another instrument <laughs> that I'm not good at. No, not the, certainly not the drums. You will be on the street, <laughs> chased out by your wife. I was thinking about getting a cello for a long time, and then I backed, oh, I backed out nice. because it's too big. Mm. And so I was actually thinking, why not the pipa? You know the Chinese yes. guitar-looking thing? It's like a pipa. So actually, I... You will become so famous. Well, I don't want to become good, great at it. I'm not, that's not my goal. It's not... <laughs> it, you don't have to be great. But because the pipa... Like, usually it's, you know, very beautiful females play it and they usually wear this traditional Chinese dress when they play it. Mm, mm, and mm. if you can make videos of you, you know, <laughs> first of all, you're a male and you're from a foreign country. Wow, <laughs> you've jumped so many steps ahead, like, of where I was thinking. I was just thinking, learn how to play, like, a few songs. Yeah. If I, if I could learn, like, 10 songs on the pipa, then, like, that would be something that would be really hard for me mm. because I don't even know right now we're talking. I don't even know how many strings are on the people. I don't so even like... know either. But I'm looking forward to your people playing videos. Can I book ahead? <laughs> I'm serious. It's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be very oh, popular. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you I'm, I, now I'm scared. I'm gonna take something else up. <laughs> what I mean is like, okay, I'm not good at any martial arts. So you know, taking up like a uh, the tai chi that the old people do outside in China, that mm. that would be something different and very. You know, that'd be kinesthetic. You know, you got to think about like. Mm, I want to do it too. What can? Mm. Yeah, exactly. What is out? Outside of my range, you know, like and like something that's mm. weird, maybe a little uncomfortable and a little hard. And those are the things that we should be learning, like, you know, learning another language. <laughs> that's really hard or learning how, right. how to like, you know, I don't know, tap dance. I'm not going to learn to tap dance. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just throwing out random examples of things that like require you to do something that is not inside your current range of abilities. Those are the things that mm -hmm. are going to keep you sharp as you get older and so as have, i'm getting older i'm i'm trying to make a list kind of yeah yeah go ahead i have the image of you testing the grounds around the edge of your comfort zone <laughs> just like prodding and see <laughs> huh, will this work i think you're just saying you know interesting habit mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. to challenge your brain mm -hmm. and i think that's the key actually to to keep thinking mm. um to keep being engaged mm. um and also just to make your life to have a little challenge to have a reason why mm -hmm. that you want to get up and and do things um and i think mm -hmm. have you do you know about blue zones no i don't what is a blue zone okay i think i might have read a book about this years and years ago so they did this research about a few places around the world where there is a high percentage of the population that live over 100 years old. Mm. And um, they're, I mean, they're not just like 100 years old or older, and they're still pretty healthy mm. Um, mm. at that time. Now, th that's got to be something wrong, right? That's no not normal. <laughs> and these are, I think one was in California. Is that a surprise? <laughs> I think it's in Loma Lin Linda, California. I don't know where. I, I've heard of Loma Linda. I don't actually know where that is in California. And then another one is in Nicoya, Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. And there, of course, uh, one in Italy. Mm -hmm. Sardinia in mm -hmm. Italy. And Ikaria in Greece. And, of course, somewhere in Japan, Okinawa. Mm. And then not too long ago, 
I uh, read the book Outliers. Mm, you, mm, do mm. you know that book? No, I don't know the book Outliers, but I know what an outlier is. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's one of my favorite nonfiction works. Mm. So in, in it, it also talked about like the places where people live longer. Mm, mm, mm. Now, when we think about healthy lifestyles um, or longevity, uh, both mentally and physically, we think about food. You know, like olive oil pops into my mind. Right, right. Or um, no smoking mm-hmm, or exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what they found out is that these are not necessarily um, the central themes when it comes to these healthy, long-living people. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, I remember in Outliers, they went to this place in like, in, in like a mountainous area in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. where there are, you know, a lot of people, they are, they've never, it's like the entire village or community just never had anyone with heart problems, mm. which was very odd. Mm-hmm. And um, the, so researchers went there and they found out that the people there, they drink <laughs> and they smoke. Okay. Wow. And they, u- they use oil liberally. <laughs> like everything that people tell you not to do for your heart health and other problems. But what they found was that these people live in communities. Like they live in... Like in Chinese, we say or four generations live under one roof, mm, or at least mm, mm-hmm. three generations live under one roof. Like no one is alone. Mm-hmm. They're all either in like in tight family networks or social networks. Mm-hmm. And then that place they found in Japan where, you know, like the senior citizens in their 90s are still doing community work. Mm. Um, of course, they have very healthy diets. And I think in Japan in general, they have pretty healthy diets. And they don't eat a lot. Well, you don't mention Sardinia. Mm-hmm. I've read about that place specifically because you're familiar with the Mediterranean diet, which just means like yes. the good habit of eating like small portions and like healthy food and olive oil, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, the biological scientists, the, you know, they are like, oh, mm-hmm. looking at their diet and they're saying those are the things that may mm-hmm. have contributed to a longer, longer life. And a link for certain brand of olive oil will pop up. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> But actually, in the in these books, though, that I read about longevity, um, let's say in Japan, so these these old ladies and men, mm-hmm. um, so first of all, they don't eat a whole lot. Like, they eat about 70 to 80% full. Mm. And that's something my grandmother told me, too. I'll get to my grandmother's later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they are very involved in community work. Mm-hmm. Like, they are needed. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's not like they just, they don't just need other people. So they are needed. Are other people... Um, in the community that are dependent on the fact that they show up and do certain things. Yeah, yeah. So this sense of uh, uh, responsibility, this reciprocity uh, engagement with the community really help people um, to feel a sense of worthiness. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they, there's a reason why they're still alive, not beyond the fact that I'm alive for one more day. Yeah. And that people need them. And so these are things that you don't really measure well. Mm-hmm. It's not about how much oil you consume or, you know, things like that. And um, so I think in this respect, uh, some of other countries can maybe pay more attention to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people's mm-hmm. mental or psychological health. Yeah. Are they connected? Mm-hmm. Are they needed? Right. You know, um, I- I'm a parent and uh, if I have to value my happiness 
like score. I think my happiness score plummeted, you know, after I became a parent. So day in day out, I have to think about what I need to do, mm -hmm, right, to mm -hmm. take care of my child. And it, of course, it's annoying, right? Mm -hmm. But then the research actually show that, um, first of all, married couples they actually live a little longer. Yeah, I read that too. Even though, yeah, even though it's it's annoying, <laughs> you know, being married sometimes, a lot of the times, <laughs> and also parents live a little bit longer. As a man, I can imagine how I would live if I wasn't married. I'd be in my pajamas, <laughs> watching TV all I want. I'd right. be ordering pizza whenever I wanted. You know, all of these habits are really unhealthy. So having someone there to be like, hey, <laughs> so you've had you enough around. pizza. <laughs> yeah, turn the TV off and go outside. Yes. These are all like healthy. Re yeah. So, but you know, usually, it's like having someone else is helping be responsible for your right. habits. Right. And, and usually people don't think that's a good thing. Right. But actually, look at mm, the statistics. Mm. And married couples live, <laughs> men actually, married men live longer. I'm not too sure about the women's side. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's the same too. But in general, I think women live longer than men. Part of it because, yeah, yeah, mm, I think so too. you know, is physiological, like this is how our body works. And also women tend to do more housework in general and see the great things about doing housework. Did you know that it's healthy for you to wash dishes? <laughs> yeah, I did know that. Yes, I did know that. You know, actually, I like to help around the house. But recently, my um, wife's mother has moved in with us for a while. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been able to do much housework because mom's like, oh, oh I'm, he I'm here. So, <laughs> yeah. See, one of the things uh, I want to share with everybody. So I mentioned blue zones. And in this research, they found like nine conditions um they they call it like power nine or something mm. so these are the uh, things that um these centennials is that what you call them people yes, who live yes, over yes. 100 years old exactly okay some of these commonalities they share and one of the things is that they move naturally so most of them they don't go exercise mm. but they are mm -hmm. prompted to move around well very frequent basis let's say maybe they live on a farm or they live in a big household and uh, i mean for example as a mom or as a grandmother, you have to like constantly get up to do things. Mm. Um, literally, like like when your babies are little, you hardly get to sit down for more than like 10 minutes, yeah. you know, before you have to get up and do something else. So in one way, it's, you know, you move naturally. Um, like my grandmother, they used to live in the village and there's always things to do, right? Places to be cleaned up, like vegetables to be picked and things like, and they're always constantly doing house chores. So these are gentle exercises. I mean, we think of them as things we don't want to do um, are actually gentle exercises that mm -hmm. keeps your blood uh, flowing without hurting your knees or other, you know, strenuous exercises. So that's something very important.
I read a book, uh, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It was a very short book. There's a similar book called like The Zen of Motorcycle Repair. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there's, if that's about that's like, so odd. yeah, I know. This is the same thing with household cleaning. And apparently a lot of Japanese people are into this. So oh, yeah. you begin at the, the furthest part of your bathroom away from like the door hmm. and you clean every little single detail of the bathroom in immaculate detail, you know, like out down on your hands and knees with a toothbrush. With like a toothbrush. Yeah, seriously. Right, exactly. You clean the entire bathroom 100% so that it is there's not one speck of dust oh floating God. in the air. You move from all the way through the house, through the kitchen and everything until you get to the front door. And then you start over. Even if it's already still immaculate, you go clean it again. And you never stop oh this God. process. So every day you go to work, you come home and you start this process again. And you continue. It's part of like a meditation. Uh, if you take it that The meditation way. of maintaining mm -hmm. the house. And like, yeah, so you're you're talking about building habits of like being on a farm and cleaning you know these are you're exactly right i think like if i did that if i did that if i cleaned my bathroom like that mm -hmm, i would mm -hmm. literally have to borrow my neighbor's bathroom because i wouldn't be able to use it i mean it would be too clean <laughs> for usage <laughs> it's like my museum <laughs> You're talking about mental decline and the length of life and things. But, you know, I, it's also just good for your like daily mental health to have like a clean mm. home to take, take care of yourself. Well, like I noticed we just want someone else to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I actually don't have an IE. So, I mean, I, the first closest thing mm. we ever have is her mom moving in. But, you know, mm. I notice if I sit down to do some work, like if I'm going to blog or work on something at all, like if the house is messy, it makes it more challenging to focus. Right. You know what I mean? Right, it's right. like, oh, I need to go clean the kitchen right now. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Because you would rather do that than focus on your work for a long period of time. <laughs> it's just like I remember when either for work or for school work. Um, like say you were trying to finish a piece of paper, like by the time you, you, you get to half of it, you've done everything else that needs to be done <laughs> because <laughs> your mind is constantly searching for an excuse, mm. but you know, health, health wise, it's good for you to be moving, right? Maybe you don't have to run marathons or pay for a gym membership, but if you do enough housework, mm. right. Or if you have a yard. These are great exercises. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why they say that a lot of these um, centennials, people who live over a long time, they live in walkable communities. So when they need eggs, right, mm -hmm. they walk to the store and buy them mm -hmm. instead of um, like the funniest thing my mom think is that in, in the U.S., you know, when people go to the gym. They drive to the gym and they run <laughs> on the treadmill and then drive back. My mom's like, she's not even being ironic. Mm -hmm. She's like, why don't they just walk to the gym and then walk back? <laughs> I think that would work better and I don't have to pay them. <laughs> There's a couple of things I want to touch on really quickly because sure. I, I want to make sure that our listeners don't get too dissuaded from doing some exercise. I have read that uh, yeah, yeah, people yeah, sure. are supposed to do two and a half hours of moderate cardiovascular exercise a week. So that means like walking around, like walk. You're, you're right. Your mom is exactly right. Walking to work and mopping. Yeah, mopping. Sure, mopping. absolutely. Or, or walking, <laughs> walking to the park, walking to work, walking to the grocery store, things like this. You could add up your two and a half hours really fast if you just had habits of like not taking the car everywhere all the time mm. so like changing our habits to include just a little i mean walking is a very easy exercise for most people yeah i i love walking my grandmother 
from my mm -hmm. mom's side. She lived to be 92 years old. Wow. And, um, you know, she, she's she been through mm -hmm. a lot in her life. She's been through um, mm -hmm. wars, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And a famine, I think. And um, also she raised six mm -hmm. children. That's a lot of work. You know, back then, that was hard times mm. in China. And she was in the uh, in the countryside. I mean, e even just feeding all your kids and the whole family. Can you imagine getting up like five in the morning and then you have like 10 people that you have to feed? Wow. I mean, I think I would go nuts. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's her daily life. And so it's, you know, these days we talk about these health products like fish oil or, mm -hmm. I don't know, omega this and that. Yeah. Um, or vitamins. They had none of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, my grandmother, she, her favorite dishes are just like... Chinese cabbage and tofu. Mm. Um, she doesn't eat a, a whole lot of meat because when she was older, it's just harder for you to digest. So like basically throughout her whole life, it's just simple diet. And her mom lived to be 96 and her mom's life was even harder. So it doesn't for me growing up, you know, knowing my grandmother and her mom and my other grandmother, I kind of know that good health and longevity, it's not really much about eating um, super nutritious food. Mm -hmm. At least. And it's more actually about not eating I too much. I think you're right. Because she kept yeah. telling me. Yeah, she kept telling me that eat to be about 70 or 80% full. Um, I don't think I can actually do that. Because <laughs> I think I'll try not to eat like 120% full. <laughs> I think when I was younger, I ate way too much. So I mean, when I was older, um, I think I start to understand this. Because whatever you consume, whatever you put inside your body... Uh, your body has to process, mm, mm, right? Mm. So your stomach has to work, your your kidney, every organ yeah. has to keep working mm. until all these things are processed and then, you know, get out of your body. Um, it's like overwork for your organs. Mm, 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 so mm. Um, that's one thing. I think it's more important than, you know, eating lobsters or fish oil. Mm -hmm. They actually say that's why um, people are supposed to do a little bit of fasting. And I'm not talking about not eating uh, for like days at a time, but like, Eat, not eating for a day, you know, like 24 hours or something can have right, very right. positive effect because mm. your body stops working on the stuff that it's been processing and it can actually start to mm -hmm. work on other things. So it can actually like, OK, there's oh. some like buildup of cholesterol in one place of your body. Your body will turn to mm -hmm. that and say, hey, this isn't being used for anything good. I'll just use that as food mm. and it'll actually deteriorate, like break that down chemically and turn that nice. into food. So cholesterol deposits and things will actually mm -hmm. be eaten up by your own body while you're not constantly consuming new food. Mm. You know, back when the times were difficult, like when my grandmother, uh, when my grandmothers were young, I mean, they didn't really have that much good food, mm. right? It was just plain, just vegetables or porridge or pancakes, things like that. Um, so they wanted like right, their right. kids to have a lot of nutrition. But then these days, we are overdoing it. <laughs> we are always, we still have that same mentality from the times when people were poor, but it's a different time now. Now, like my generation of younger parents, we know that we shouldn't feed our kids too much. Mm, you know, mm. it's it's not a good thing to feed your kids too much meat or other things with high uh, nutritional contents because it's hard for your kids to, to process it. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And also like my other grandmother, she is, I think she's 92 now and she's probably the most diligent person I've ever seen. Like at least one of them. Um, she also, mm -hmm. you know, she lives in the countryside and she's been working hard all her life. Um, most of it was because 
no, she had to. She also raised six children mm-hmm. um, through hard times. But she she's just not gonna just sit still. Mm-hmm. I think in her late eighties, yeah. Um, like my aunt, her daughter would tell her, "Can't you just rest a little bit? You know, like enjoy your old years." Uh, sit in the sun and do nothing <laughs> and she's like that's boring <laughs> so she actually she would sneak out and go off onto the street to find like bottles <laughs> to recycle and, wow. and it was so embarrassing for my aunt because you know you don't want your coworkers to know that your mom is collecting you know empty bottles on the street <laughs> to sell for like five cents each <laughs> so and then she had to like lecture my grandmother to uh, quit doing that <laughs> In America, everyone would be like, oh, yeah, thank you. Because, you know, there's a lot of cleanup needs right. like the beach and stuff where people just throw their junk. Well, if there's a monetary incentive, uh, more people will, will, you know, will do that. Well, it doesn't sound like your grandmother needed the money. <laughs> she was just No, she, wa- she wanted to get out. Mm. <laughs> she wanted to move. She was all about being useful. You know, they say that retirement is a death sentence uh, for so- a lot of people because mm. like as soon as somebody retires, they stop working. It seems like a few years later, there's a very high chance they have passed along. Especially for men who held important posts before. Yeah. And I think there are a couple of reasons. Mm. Like, first of all, they had prestigious positions before. So everybody like looked up to them. And now they only have their wife nagging at them. <laughs> <laughs> because probably they haven't been doing their uh, equal share of housework all these years. <laughs> and so they don't have the habit mm. of doing housework, mm. um, which is actually good for you, right? It keeps you moving. Mm. Yeah. And also they lost their sense of purpose. See, that's the time they start public square dance, (laughs) right? Or Tai Chi. Well, you know, another thing they do in China is there are a lot of older people like directing traffic. Oh, you mean to help like school districts and things like that? Not even just school districts. I see them all over Beijing where they're wearing like the Mm. big orange jacket and Mm -hmm. directing traffic or helping people. And there's a lot of volunteering in China that takes place among the elderly because Mm. I think retirement, for one, retirement's a little bit earlier in China. Right. Like five years earlier for men in China. So they don't just want to sit at home all of a sudden and do nothing. So instead of going to their previous work, <laughs> they start going out and like volunteering in the community. And there are a lot of community volunteers in China. Mm. Well, anything to uh, get away from my nagging wife, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where this is coming. I didn't. I never said this. I do not. Um, if my wife is listening, it is not me that's it's saying. It's not Jason's <laughs> opinion. <laughs> no, seriously, for a lot of men, especially like older generations, a lot of men, especially in northern parts of china they feel like house chores just has nothing to do with them Mm. you know raising kids uh, cooking and mopping things like that it's just not part of their uh lives and then after they retire they don't know what to do and they become annoying (laughs) for their family members because Mm. they don't really contribute to the um to the household but you know joking aside i remember being a child there was a movie with michael keaton that came out called mr mom and i remember mm. watching this a lot as a child and it was about um michael keaton's character i think loses his job so his wife goes back to work in an advertising agency because she was quite mm-hmm. good at that and he ends up taking care of the house and it's about his travails trying to learn how to use the vacuum cleaner uh. and stuff and so like mm-hmm. i remember my generation growing up being very very much like told all the time that we needed to 
to do our part and participate right. in taking care of the home and that women's careers were really important. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I think this is increasingly strong in generations younger than my own. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were talking about earlier, women are now the largest percentage of Americans attending university now. Mm. Like, that gender roles have changed a lot. And so maybe in the past, it's been that men didn't do domestic work, you know, in my grandfather's generation or something. Mm-hmm. But now it's expected that both parties should partake in clean, making sure that the house stays, you know. Yes, it's clean. good for yeah. you. <laughs> Besides, right? Before my mm-hmm. wife's mom moved in, we had like, oh, this is your chore. Oh. That's my chore. This is your chore. Mm-hmm. That's your place. So, that's you know, good. I was taking care of the kitchen, kitchen, for example, that, like mm-hmm. making sure the dishes get washed and stuff largely. That's good. Most it's it's a small price to pay. <laughs> For your own health and also for a harmonious family relationship, <laughs> family ser- environment. The public choir dance. I want to mention other hobbies that are popular mm, mm, for mm, senior mm. citizens, which I think also contribute to uh, men- people's mental health. Like one of them is actually mahjong. Really? Now, some people wow. they think of it as gambling because some people do gamble. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what <laughs> popped into my head. But actually, uh, you can think of it as like a board game, right? Or like a table mm, game. Mm. It takes a lot of um, thinking. Like it's brain work. Mm. I think whatever for retired citizens who don't really have a specific hobby or who don't really naturally have a lot of social engagements, this could be one great opportunity. It keeps your brain, you know, churning. And also you get to um, socialize a bit with other people. So I think there, there are huge health benefits to it, mm. unless you overdo it, because I've heard that it can be <laughs> addictive. And then that's not good for you because you're sitting for like, you'll be sitting for hours. Well, in addition to mm-hmm. that game, there are a lot of other board games that are really popular in China. So like mm. there's Chinese chess, which I always, I, my wife tried to teach me is really hard. It's so hard. The black and white No, thing? no, not that. That's called a thalo or go in, in English. But actually Chinese chess is the one with like flat pieces, little cylinders, and they have Chinese characters characters written on them and they can move into specific kind of places oh yeah yes chinese uh, yes yes i see mm. old, i see a lot of old people outside at in the daytime in beijing anyway mm-hmm. where they play that they sit around a table and a couple people play this isn't that also, fun though like to see people play games outside yeah like they could have played inside right at home but they choose to go outside even just on the side of a you know busy street mm-hmm. sometimes you'll see usually retired men especially in, you know when the weather is nice and then the two will be playing, and then there will be like a layer, a circle of others watching and trying to direct how these two players should play <laughs> <laughs> their future moves. And it's something when I, whenever I come across, um, you know, scenes like that, I always, you know, I think it's um, it's a way of showing um, a harmonious and also happy social life. I, I like it. I like it.
a lot of people play chess, you know, like, you know, international chess, like in the West, like they're I'm mm. thinking of the opening of Independence Day, the movie where like a father and son mm. are playing in the park. A lot of people play it outside too. Really? But okay. there's a difference, I think, between your description and what I know about chess is that when you're playing chess, you shouldn't tell other people like, oh, you should do this because like, it's kind of like, com- <laughs> it's considered impolite to like tell someone else how to play the game while they're playing. After the game, you could be like, mm. you know what you should have done is and like that, that's, that's kind of <laughs> like fine. Yeah, you can do that. But during the game, if someone makes a move that you think is bad, you just bite your tongue. Oh, God, no. Why, oh. why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so like by the end of the game, if there's a really bad player, so the people watching it would all have like blood dripping out of the corner of their mouths. <laughs> why, why? <laughs> you know what you can do in San Francisco, actually, is uh, they're on Market Street. There are people that just sit there with a table. And you can you can go mm. play with them. And but if you start losing, they start charging you money to play with what? them. What? 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 They really? Yeah. So if you if you if you if you can beat them, they'll just play you. Uh. But if you lose one game, they'll say, okay, what you need you need to pay like a dollar for your next. Because it's boring to play with you. I'm just teaching you, training you here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you can't. If you can't be competitive, then you have to start paying for it mm-hmm. becomes a lesson. Yeah. So every game you ha- you want to play, you have to pay like a couple dollars yeah. or whatever in order to be right. Sit there and play with this because th- these players are really good. Yeah. If you are willing to go, you know, in the public and also, you know, I'm, we're talking about senior citizens. I just remembered this video that I saw a couple of days ago. So in this family, um, they, they have this one hundred and two year old grandmother. Hmm. Um, one night, for some reason, this 102-year-old grandmother got up in the middle of the night and said she wanted to eat something. And uh, one family member videoed this. Like, the whole family, like son uh, and his wife and their, like, the grandchildren, um, they, they live in one household. Like, everyone got up to cook something for the old grandmother. Hmm. And um, in the comments, you know, you always look at the comments. Um, one of the comments actually had that, okay, maybe this means something because this is unusual, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe this is actually, you know, toward the end. Um, but other comments I thought w- that was very touching. Uh, one of them said, this is the reason why she gets to live to 102. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not because she's 102 that her uh, kids and grandkids got up to cook her a meal in uh-huh. the middle of like the night. It's because they've been taking such good care of her that she gets to live um, such a long life. Hmm. And I think that makes sense. Um, and that's something that I really want to say about Chinese culture. There's a phrase, you probably heard this before. It's a term, uh, which is you respect the old and you love the young. Hmm. It's about, you know, a rough translation. And it's something that we hear throughout our whole life mm. you know it's one of those things in the social background that's always been there so you you respect your old and you take care of the young and i think that's um that's probably the most amazing and also useful social network that this culture has built you know because the the old and the young they are the most vulnerable group, groups in our society mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they need the people like us you mm-hmm. know in the middle uh to take care of them and also in in China, at least in Chinese culture, the relationship is reciprocal, right? The the the, uh, the grandmas and grandpas, a lot of them help to raise yeah, uh, yeah, their grandchildren, yeah. right? And in response, um, you know, their kids uh, take care of them in their old age. 
Um, senior, I mean, senior housing, it's a new idea in China. I mean, it's mm. not that new. They, they have, they're always have been, but it's not something people talk about, you know. Mm -hmm. But with the aging of the society, this is actually going to be a huge potential market. Mm -hmm. I keep talking about potential markets. Hey, you know. Well, because. You can make some money. Because things change. <laughs> yeah. Things change, right? It's a different time. And we have new challenges facing the whole society. So one thing, of course, is uh, the aging population, how to take care, how to better take care of our senior citizens. And, and I think in, in China, the, your parents, if it's possible, um, they'll live with you or at least close to you, not too far from you. Mm. Um, that's just a cultural thing. I, I think it's good. Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple things about America I'd like to say. Number one is, you know, I do think that there, you know, firstly, let me back up. In China, you're right. When you have a baby, grandma's showing up if she doesn't have a job because she wants to and like or the baby's being shipped out sometimes to stay with. Grandma. But you know, I think that happens in America a lot, too. Mm. Grandmas and grandmas, grandpas become like the free babysitter, the free daycare. And you know, I think that's very healthy. <laughs> right. It's good for everyone involved. And, you know, like that's great. And it mm. keeps the family together. And I think that's something that there's right. maybe a lot of commonality there between China and the United States to some extent. Although mom's probably not moving in. Mm. That Mom's probably just nearby or whatever. And they just drop the kids off and go to work or whatever. I think that's the key. If the parents and kids live too far apart, then that's difficult. You know, if they live in close neighborhoods, then I think a lot of the grandparents will love to spend time with their grandkids. But I think that's where the similarity kind of stops. Like, as far as like, you're right, the grandparents do spend a lot of time and they do help a lot with raising the grandchildren in the, in the United States and China. But taking care of the elderly people in America has become like a business. So unfortunately, like a lot of older people in America, they just get shipped off. And instead of like being taken care of by their families, in a lot of instances, they're just like in a home where there's an artificial community. Now I know it's time to come home. Dreams of kings and gold. But now I'm coming home. Try to find some comfort in the failures that I've seen. Staring right in front of me, the cold reality. But now I know. It's time to come home Now I know It's time to come home Dreams of kings and gold But now I am coming home There were the similarities in that, but they're not. They're dissimilarities in taking care of the old, oh, the elders. Mm. In the United States, they get sent off to like retirement homes. Mm. And sometimes those homes have what you're talking about. They have community, a community of similarly aged people. Mm. But oftentimes this means a disconnect from the family. Mm. And a lot of families are like, yeah, I haven't talked to grandma in months or weeks, you know, and mm -hmm. like. It's like she's just in a home now. Instead of being with her family, she or he, they're not being taken care of by the people that they took, spent their entire life taking care of. Right. And I think that's that's something that maybe, you know, the United States should could improve. Maybe upon. can could could improve. Because upon. it's yeah. not just about whether or not they're comfortable, but the psychological impact. Like imagine all of a sudden you are 
uh, taking away from your familiar surroundings, right? Away from your friends and your family. It's like little, I keep thinking about little kids going to kindergarten for the first week or so, right? They, they are terrified. Mm. You know, mm. They cry not because they're like uncomfortable or people are not treating them right. It's because they're terrified. Mm. They're into a whole new environment that they don't know what's going to happen. And uh, when we get older, I think we're going to get more vulnerable too. I mean, I can't, I don't really think want to think about, you know, what I'm like when I'm 70 or 80. But many kinds of ways, I'm going to be weaker, I think. Um, and you want to be with people that mm. um, you're comfortable with. So hopefully we can do a better job in this respect. Well, I was thinking about like cognitive decline and I was wondering if you think mm -hmm. that maybe, you know, talk therapy is really popular in the United States now. And it wasn't something that was really popular 50 or 60 years ago, mm. except for people who were considered like mentally ill, crazy people. So now a lot of people are going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering, do you think that might impact like people's cognitive abilities? Like, you know, having someone there to help them with their very serious, you know, daily issues. I think sometimes people just need to talk, mm. right? If you were talking about mental issues, I think they just um, need to talk to the right person. And by right person, I usually mean people that they're willing to talk to. Right, because there are mm. people you don't want to talk. Like you don't want to tell your mom all your problems, or <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of problems can be solved by talking to people early, especially early enough, you know, and to process whatever problem you have. Um, you can call it therapy, or some people I don't know if talk talk you Friend, friendship friendship, or uh, if you can you can get professional help, but they sound pricey. I know that you know psychiatrists or psychologists they. Um, it costs a lot of money to to talk to them. I think in movies it costs a lot. Actually, there are a lot of community helpers, like counseling services right, that that's are great. available. Right, yeah. right. The thing is, in Chinese culture, people, most of us, rarely get to that point. Mm, mm, mm. As let's say I have some problems. First of all, you talk to your, you know, if you have good relationships with your parents, you know, you talk to your parents. Sometimes my dad and I, we would talk for like hours about certain issues and my dad would just listen mm. you know my mom would give more advices and i'm like oh okay okay <laughs> but my dad is very good at listening like he would listen for you know just let me say all that i want to say yeah. i remember we used to take long walks and i would just talk and by the end of it you know i feel a whole lot better someone understands and that's sometimes that's all we need it does sound right um that mm -hmm. maybe have issues that are too embarrassing to talk about with like their mom and dad sure like you're mm. you know maybe you have a marital problem in a particular relationship and talking to mom and dad or a cousin or some a friend mm -hmm. can be really helpful for that but maybe some people they like hear voices where there are no people mm. and like that's too embarrassing for some people to tell like some, even a trusted person mm. and that's where like like a therapist who is sworn not right. to tell anybody Everything's your problems. Everything's confidential. Mm. Yeah, confidential. It might be more helpful in That's those true. cases. I'm not, obviously, most people probably are not in a position where they have that kind of need, but some people are. And it, maybe talk therapy mm -hmm. is, is a good way for them to get help. Definitely just talk to someone. And also, like for me, if I'm not talking with my parents, I have my cousins mm, mm. and especially one cousin. She's also in Beijing. So I will, you know, vent <laughs> <laughs> or chat with her or have my uh, different friends that I talk to. And also, as you mentioned, marital issues mm. or relationship issues, like talk to your girlfriends, mm. talk to your girlfriends who are married, who have kids. Yeah, the yeah. most comforting things that I think 
we can say and we want to hear is that, oh, me too, right? This has happened to me too. And, mm. you know, my, my marriage is not perfect either, or I've had similar problems um, in that relationship. And once you find out that, oh, so it's not easy for you to be a mom either, or it's um, like your marriage isn't, you know, as smooth as we think it is. And then, you mm. you know, you don't mm. you know that your problem is not a isolated problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But once you understand that your problem is common, you kind of feel like, oh, OK, I guess this is just life. <laughs> you know, I think a, a huge thing that has come out again and again and again this whole time that we've talked about this is community, is having people around. Community. Yeah, belonging, mm -hmm. being respected, be being able to talk to other people. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the theme that has evolved from the beginning of our conversation to now. Yes, I, I can't stress it enough. And I do understand that we all want our own space. Um, we want to be able to make our own choices. You know, we want, and, and sometimes we want people to just mind their own business and we, you know, we will mind our own businesses, but it might not be the most healthy way if that, mm, mm, some, mm. you know, if your, your, your whole life is like that. And, and I think from what we've talked about today, um, being comfortable doesn't always equal being healthy yeah. or being able to live a long life. Sometimes we do have to do things that we kind of feel like we're uncomfortable with uh, to make sure that we are healthy, that is, you know, mentally and also physically. And I think networking, well, not, not socializing, mm -hmm. not networking, mm -hmm. socializing is part of that. And maybe in the beginning, let's say you've been living by yourself for a long time and you call all the shots, right? You don't have to deal with advices or other things that people yeah. uh, tell you. But it might take a little bit of time for you to get back into some kind of uh, circle, some kind of uh, network. Um, and there might be some initial discomfort, but I think you'll get used to it. You mentioned being a boss and being a manager. We should probably do a whole thing about that sometime. But um, mm -hmm. one of the courses I took in management was called Managing Up. And so a really good employee or re direct report of someone who considers themselves the boss is actually giving the boss advice. Giving the boss advice? Yeah, giving oh. the boss. It's called Managing Up because the boss doesn't, mm. doesn't necessarily, the, the leader doesn't always see everything. And so Managing Up is oftentimes, right. hey, why don't, why don't we think about this in this other way? And so I think that if, if you're a good leader, mm -hmm. you're also open to hearing that. But we are out of time. Oh, David. OK. Can I just recap in like one minute? Sure. Because I think these are these things are really important for our mental health. And this is also um, I talked about blue zones. And these are some of the most important things. One is to have a sense of purpose, right? A reason to get up early in the morning every day and also to eat wisely. And that doesn't mean that you have to eat certain things um, every day, but just don't eat too much. I think that's more important than what you do eat. Mm -hmm. And also um, to have a community, a sense of belonging, and also to be able to move naturally, right? You don't have to all do rigorous exercises, but do move. Also to associate with uh, the people, the, the right people, let's call it the right people, you can define what right means for you because you will influence your friends and they will influence you and also <laughs> keep thinking i think if you want to be uh stay mentally sharp and healthy you just got to use your mind yeah whatever game or you know talk to people yeah. annoy others and let us let other people annoy you <laughs> all right well, thank you, Jason. Thank you, baby. I hope the people listening at home will let us be part of their community. Yeah, why not? I'm, we're, we're a little chatty, but <laughs> it's a talk show. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.